September is Hunger Action Month, so we're checking in on policies to address food insecurity in New York. And our guest is Assemblymember Jessica Gonzalez-Rojas, a Queens Democrat who's been leading the charge for universal free lunch in schools across New York State. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Thank you, Dave, for having me. So when we think about food insecurity or people experiencing hunger, is this an inevitability of life or are these types of problems preventable, especially when it comes to children? Well, we're seeing uh, that the rates of hunger are still on the rise in New York. We saw during the pandemic um, spikes in food insecurity and particularly in districts like mine that are working class, low income immigrant districts. Um, We know that about one in 10 New York households experience food insecurity at some point between 2019 and 2021. Um, And right now we know about almost 3 million New Yorkers are uh, enrolled in in the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Um, So, you know, hunger continues to persist as an ongoing problem, and we have to be creative and thoughtful about solutions, and that that includes making investments um, through our state budget. Well, that landscape you laid out, though, is that always going to exist to some degree, or when you talk about policies like investments in the budget, can state or federal policymakers actually enact initiatives that would theoretically end hunger? Yeah, I think, you know, SNAP is one of the most effective programs to end hunger. Um, It is a a program that's funded by the federal government. Um, And we saw the ways in which experimental programs uh, addressed uh, food insecurity during the worst of COVID. We saw the pandemic EBT program, which unfortunately ended. We saw the supplemental SNAP program, which unfortunately ended just a few months ago in March. Um, And then the supplemental WIC program, which is Women, Infants, and Children children, which will be ending next month. So there was strong investments uh, in food insecurity that address some of the, you know, biggest needs. Um, But I think we have to think about ways that we're going to continue to support these programs uh, to ensure that people can can begin to, you know, get out of these situations. But it's also coupled with addressing you know, rising rates of housing and cost of housing and addressing the low minimum wage. And I have a another bill on that, addressing the subminimum wage workers. Um, but there's a lot of uh, other social issues we have to address to fully and truly address hunger in New York. Well, yeah, sticking with the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or, or SNAP benefits, as we've been talking about, when we think about what is provided through that program, should we think of this as something that meets the needs of a family completely? Or is this something that is just one piece of the puzzle because of the levels at which this program is funded at? Yeah, I mean, these are really critical programs that really meets the needs and the gaps of many working families here in New York. Um, again, we have 2.9 million New York households that are in SNAP. It's a it's a real lifeline for families. Um, some can't fully depend on it because there's the minimum SNAP benefit is so low, it could barely buy, you know, two 
dozen <laughs> eggs with that. Um, but, you know, these are programs that our lifelines can really and truly address hunger. Um, but we also have to couple it with educational programs and outreach so folks are aware um, that these programs exist, that the families who are eligible are able to enroll, um, and that we can continue to ensure that our families and our hunger needs are met across the state. Yeah. Is the state doing enough to ensure that New Yorkers are even aware that they might be eligible for SNAP benefits? And then when people are actually pursuing help, is the state doing enough and moving fast enough to actually process those applications? That's that's a great issue that you raise um, in during the budget fights over the last couple of years. Uh, one of my priorities was making sure that we're investing additional funds in the NOAA program, which stands for the Nutrition Outreach and Education Program. And that actually funds sort of the, the sisters, the folks that go out in the communities and assist families and community members with um, getting connected to these programs. Many people don't know these programs exist, if they're eligible. Um, so programs like NOAP allow for the investments in those uh, navigators that go out in communities and, and help. So that is really important to fund. You can't just fund the program without the outreach and education to support that. You know, these are key anti-poverty and anti-hunger programs, and we want to make sure also everyone's included. Um, so I have some uh, a bill on that as well. Um, one challenge we're seeing in New York City is that um, HRA, the, the agency that's responsible for processing the applications, are not processing it within the legally mandated time. So I've questioned the mayor on, during a hearing on this issue. Um, there's a lawsuit that's happened um, because essentially they're breaking the law. So, you know, we need to make sure that our agency are equipped and staffed to be able to um, process applications in a timely and legal manner. Well, for listeners just joining us, we're talking about policies to combat hunger in New York, and our guest is Assemblymember Jessica Gonzalez-Rojas, a Queens Democrat. You mentioned that for some families, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits will only be a drop in the bucket in terms of meeting their food needs, considering how expensive other aspects of life might be, including housing. So is this something where we need to just beg representatives in D.C. to increase the SNAP benefits, or could the state unilaterally simply say, we're going to come over the top and fund some sort of supplemental SNAP benefit? There's an opportunity right now. Um, the federal government is uh, reauthorizing the Farm Bill. Um, so there's an opportunity to press at the federal level to increase the minimum uh, SNAP benefit, which is currently $23. You know, there needs to be sort of a, a, a dual fight. We have to make sure that the federal government is addressing this problem. But I am someone who ran for office to um, exercise the power of the state to solve for problems that oftentimes the federal government is not solving for. Um, so I introduced legislation that would increase the minimum SNAP benefit in New York. And this is, again, the very minimum, which is currently $23. Um, New Jersey, Jersey recently passed legislation that increases it to $95 at a, at a minimum. Um, so my bill would allow for the state to make up the difference between the minimum federal 
benefit, whatever it will be, perhaps in the future, again, currently it's $23 um, to 95 uh, to match New Jersey. And in fact, I probably will amend the bill to, to make it an even 100 because again, it, you could do very little with, um, with, with these low rates of money. So um, that's really important to have a bill on that. And I also have a bill that would establish a task force to look at cost data and numbers and necessary to establish a state version of SNAP that um, helps our undocumented New Yorkers. Um, California has a similar bill uh, and program, so we can too. Are, are undocumented New Yorkers currently excluded from SNAP because it's a federal program, at least in its initial incarnation? Exactly, exactly. And, and why would it be important to expand those benefits to all New Yorkers? Why is that something that the state should make a larger investment in? It's in the state interest to address hunger holistically. Um, our undocumented New Yorkers put money into our tax system, uh, unbeknownst to many, but they do. And it's important that, you know, for those who are eligible, that they are able to access these important benefits to be able to live with dignity and, and contribute back to the state that they've made a home. A lot of the policies that I fought for at the state level are about expanding programs that address hunger, that address poverty, that address economic inequalities to include our undocumented New Yorkers um, because they are such an important part of my community and communities across the state. During this year's budget process, we heard a lot about this initiative to have universal free lunch across schools in New York. Where do things stand with that effort now? So the universal school meals bill would provide both free breakfast and free lunch for our children. Um, there, are, again, are nine states. And I think I look at other states for leadership, although New York should be leading on this issue. But states like California and Illinois and Maine and Minnesota and Michigan and Massachusetts, there's so many that have already moved towards universal school meals. I led the fight alongside many colleagues and advocates and parents. Um, and and while we weren't able to get the full universal school meals, meaning free breakfast and lunch for every child, um, despite how much money they have in their pocket or their zip code, we were able to secure a historic $135 million to expand school meals. Um, and that essentially equates to about 81% of our state students can receive free breakfast and lunch. Um, that saves families money, about $140 per child each month in grocery spending. And we actually know that it actually improves academic performance and addresses behavioral issues. Um, there's a, a term I use often in this fight that says, we cannot teach a hungry child. And I've heard that not just from my own community members, but from guidance counselors, from school social workers, from principals, from teachers, from PTA leaders. It is really critical to make sure every child is nourished in order to learn. Do you have a sense of how the rollout of that additional funding is going now that we've begun a new school year? Yeah, it's been it's been exciting. Uh, we've been meeting with 
uh, schools and, and traveling around the state. Um, and we learned that uh, school districts in Buffalo and Syracuse and Rochester and other cities and counties will provide 100% of their students with meals. Um, I have a friend whose parent is a teacher um, up in Westchester and said, you know, that they just implemented their program. Uh, so it's really exciting to hear directly from uh, teachers and, and uh, school counselors and, and principals and, and other families that are seeing the real impact on the ground. And that's that's why I'm doing this work, to, to make sure that we're addressing the most important needs of our children and families in New York. So it's very exciting. And do you imagine then, based on the experience so far utilizing the additional funding, that that could end up being evidence or data utilized for future fights to secure additional funding towards that ultimate goal of a universal breakfast and lunch in schools? Yeah, it is. 81% is so exciting, but I'm worried about the children who are falling through the cracks. Um, you know, a lot of the arguments is why should we spend money in these, you know, wealthy school districts? Well, there's always children that are falling through the cracks that don't have access to cash for uh, school meals, um, that their family doesn't have the capacity to fill out forms. Uh, there might be language issues. There might be immigration status issues where they're concerned to rely on any, you know, public programs. Um, so there's always always children falling through the, the cracks, and I want to make sure we're capturing every child. So my fight will be to continue to fight for full funding. We're almost there. It's, the estimates were about $201 million and we already secured $135 million. So we're very close to getting full universal, but we have to continue the fight, and I'm so grateful for all the advocates and leaders and parents and school you know, community that came out and supported, and labor unions, etc. Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Jessica Gonzalez-Rojas. She is a Queens Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for making the time. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And for more Capitol Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.